What is happening, everybody? We are coming at you with another episode of Grab Life by the Controller. This episode is going to be another special episode. I use special so much, but that is what this podcast is to me. It is something special because it is brought about by passion. Today's episode not only talks about gaming stuff, talks about something near and dear to my heart. So with that said, we are going to skip our regular format, and we are going to get into a conversation with our very first guest. That way we can talk about what makes this episode special and get right into the subject matter. So kick back, relax, and get ready to grab life by the controller. Ladies and gentlemen, it is honestly an honest, an honest honor and a privilege to have one of my dear friends on that we don't get to have on very often. I'm talking about the one, the only Reverend Sven. How are we doing today, buddy? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, man. How are you? You know what? It has been a really, really warm day, but I'm inside now nice and cool and super jazzed to have you back on you know it's actually funny you mentioned that too because this is actually the first time i've been on since the name change it really is uh when you sent me the message through uh the anchor app i was like holy crap that's a blast from the past because it came through as iron road (laughs) gaming so that means it's been at least it's been at least since before january it's been a while yeah, it has been a while. I am so grateful that our schedules finally aligned so we can have a conversation. You know what? I'm as jazzed as you are, man. I bet I bet you. Okay, so before we get into today's topic, I have to tell our listeners about you. And I'm sorry I'm going to put you on the spot. I might make you blush. This guy right here that we have, he is an incredible streamer. Not only is he entertaining, he is also very personable. Uh, Everything in his streams, he's just the most down-to-earth, open guy. Everything's transparent. If he's feeling something, he's going to let you know. Uh, He's an avid supporter of mental health awareness does a lot of charity streams. He has nothing but my utmost respect. So I think with that kind of out of the way, let's get into your project that you have coming up in August. Uh, the one that, uh, the one that you were the inspiration for. I I don't know if I was the inspiration. (laughs) I'm just a, a link in a long chain of support. Well, um, so August uh, 30th to 31st, um, the last weekend in August, I'm going to be doing a a 24-hour charity stream in attempts to raise money for the Boys and Girls Club of America. Now, I mean, we we had talked about it, you know, and uh, you were you were wanting us to try to work together on some some stuff with some foster kids, uh, and I was going through tilt five pages, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to find anything specifically geared that direction but i thought you know as a you know 
we spoke about this on the podcast before my family used to do foster care as well. And so I, I have a history of it and I know that a lot of foster children do actually go through the boys and girls club. And it is one of the, one of the top sources of structure in their life. Cause unfortunately with, you know, the foster system, you see there are kids that have to bounce around from house to house and it's heartbreaking to see. So I thought maybe this would kind of be at least something on a national scale, a, a little bit of a middle ground. That way we can at least help provide some structure for the kids to be able to set them up to, you know, take over when we're gone and try to make the world a better place. One of the reasons why I thought let's do something to help the kids, aside from the fact that I have a bazillion kids running around my house. That might be a slight exaggeration, but no, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Seven kids feels like a bazillion. Uh, the last time we had you on, we were talking about handhelds and games, and you just told a story that that hit close to home. And then when you brought up the Boys and Girls Club, it's not only for foster kids. Uh, as much as I want to help them, and I really do, I just want to help kids in general. Uh, my bonus kids uh, have been through the Boys and Girls Club, and the the oldest has some difficulties. Uh, autism scale, ADHD, ODD. He's he's a trial. He's a damn good kid. But Boys and Girls Club, when we're not around helps to give him structure and guidance. So anything to give any child a kind of a leg up in the world, I am all for. So I seriously, with all my heart, applaud you for taking the steps, taking the reins, and just running with them and, and making this happen. Because I don't know how to do any of this stuff. I, I would love to do more of this stuff. I don't understand Tiltify. I don't even understand Discord. That's why I pop in and out of yours every now and again. <laughs> but I, I am so grateful that we have you in the community so you can get the ball rolling and then get people behind you trying to raise awareness, trying to raise some funds. And, yeah, just nothing but love and, and respect for you, brother. Well, I appreciate that, man. And like I said, you know, I mean, for for this particular event, you were a huge catalyst when you reached out in in an effort to try to see if we could get something rolling for the you know for kids. And so, to me, you were a huge inspiration on this entire project, and I'm excited to be a part of it. Well, now that we have the formalities out of the way, and seriously, I I kind of touched on this at the end of the last podcast when we were talking about thrift shopping on vacation when we stopped in Moab. And like I said, I'm a big proponent for children. So the little bit that I was able to help raise with them went back into, you know, children in their area. So the reason why we keep this podcast family friendly, even though my streams are not, is because I want children to have an opportunity to listen to gaming memories and to, to maybe possibly sit and think, you know what, gaming's not stupid like people tell me, because I was told that all the time. Luckily, not from my family, but 
friends, parents, stuff like that. But they'll look at this and say, you know what? These adults are pretty cool. So I'm going to keep on doing what I'm doing, living a dream, and just appreciate everything and turn out to be better people. And with everybody that's listening, with all of your help, we, we can do that. It might not be all of the kids, but something is better than nothing. And this is all because of Reverend Sven. So with that out of the way, let's get to what everybody comes to the podcast for. Let's talk about some games. First, before we get into the topic, and I just like teasing people because I haven't let anybody know what's going on yet. What have you been playing lately? Well, for me, you know, I, uh, I've started getting more into indie games. Um, I was playing a lot of Rocket League for a while, but it didn't translate over to stream really well because I get really salty the higher the competition level gets, and it, it's just not a, a pleasant sight. <laughs> so I started getting into uh, to more indie games because in the end, you know, the flashy graphics are great and all, but really we're in this to be a part of a story and to kind of escape into another reality for a while. And again, uh, you know, one of the one of the ones that kind of got me on this kick was um, Bloodstained: Curse of the Moon, which <laughs> and uh, and that was the one that hit me. I was like, man, because it, you know it's that that Metroidvania style that you know that retro feel was so cool, and it had and it wasn't a very long play. So like for somebody like me who can lose their attention on something really easily i was able to sit down and beat it in probably the course of just a few hours and still get the full impact of the story and so for me that that really that was the the turning point where i was like all right this is what i want to focus on and so i started with that one uh moved on played some uh played call cthulhu which was a fantastic game um and then there was Ghost of a Tale, which was actually purchased for me by uh, by a good friend of ours named Grimdy. And then I played Little Nightmares. And so I'm just I want to keep this ball rolling on these these indie games because that's just that seems to be where it's at for me streaming from an Xbox. See, and I stream from a PS4. That That's how I do it. Eventually, I would love to take the leap uh, and get a capture card and stream all sorts of stuff just to have fun and share experiences and memories with everybody. But you're not kidding with those indie games. Uh, you were kind enough to hook me up with Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. That game is insane. Great story, great, you know, Castlevania-style graphics, great gameplay, and it is so satisfying to beat because it is tough. Oh yeah, yeah. It it was it was a relatively difficult game, and and I think I actually told you whenever I first started up that game, and I got through that first boss, all I could think was, man, Donnie would really like this, and Donnie loved it. Uh, I was fortunate enough, like I said, because of you, to get it and played it on stream, and I beat the entire game on stream, and I think when I beat that last boss. I, I think I was screaming because I was so ecstatic about it. It oh, yeah, punishes you, and it makes you earn it. 
yeah, there's such a sense of accomplishment whenever you do get that final boss beat. And you're just like, oh, yes. <laughs> and you want to know what? That's a perfect segue because we're talking about a boss is hard and you don't hear much about him. I think that boss is, uh, its name is Jebel or yeah. no, Gr- Grimmery. Grimmery. And it's totally underappreciated. So the topic of this week's podcast is what character from video games do you find to be underrated? Ooh, yeah, we have kind of discussed that one. Yes, um, we have. One of my favorites that I think is severely underrated is going to be have to be Needles Kane from Twisted Metal. Most know him as Sweet Tooth. Um, as the series progressed, they've added so much depth and, of course, different stories because as the games develop, you know, they kind of add different elements to it, take away some, change the lore a little bit. But he's always been the linchpin of the franchise. And while people people who don't even play Twisted Metal games can look and see that flaming clown head on that, that ice cream truck and know exactly what, you know, I've seen that before. I know what that is. And so that one has always been one for me because one of the first games I even played that really that that had kind of changed the path of my life in aspects outside of games themselves, you know, with music and watching storytelling was Twisted Metal Black on the PlayStation 2. And then later on, you come to find out that uh, in the newest Twisted Metal that he has been chasing a you know, quote unquote target, you come to find out that it's actually his own kid and all. I mean, there's just so much they've added to the depth of the character that it just, it the way it's flying under the radar to me is almost criminal. <laughs> and there have been other aspects that he's kind of influenced uh, a little more recently, but he he's definitely, in my opinion, one of, one of, if not like the most underrated you want to know something funny? I was going to ask you, did you know that the game was originally going to be called High Octane? I actually did not know that. I was completely unaware of that. If you beat the original Twisted Metal game on PlayStation, it gives you like a story, you know, how, how your character, you know, what, what happens to them. Originally, it was to be called High Octane, and they had live-action cutscenes, and they were actually too cheesy. They did not pass the test market, and so they ended up going and saying, well, we're out of time. Instead of fixing it and re-recording them, we're just going to do text overlay with, with the story. But I did not find that out until you told me a little bit about Needles, and I was like, I... I played this game forever and a day ago, but I need to brush up on it. And that's some of the, the fun facts that I found out about it. See, I, I was completely unaware of that. It's been so long since I've played the original. I'm, I, it was honestly long enough ago that I probably should not have been playing the original. <laughs> well, I think you and I are kind of in the same boat. I might be a little bit older, but I am. I was definitely not mature enough to play games like that. I might not still 
be mature enough, but that's aside from the point. <laughs> now, you alluded to ways that, you know, it's kind of influenced you now. Do you want to get into that? Oh, let's let's get right on into that. You know, I love talking about that guy. Oh, yes. And I love hearing about this guy. You, you really should have him on the show sometime. I bet you I bet y'all would have a blast. We have talked with him and it's just a matter of getting our schedules to line up correctly. Yeah, he's hard to get in, t- in, in touch with from time to time. <laughs> well, he's he's a busy, a sought after guy. He's the superstar. Uh, but <laughs> so, some of the uh, there, there's a character that um, I play a part on my streams from time to time, and his name is Zebo, and he is, I mean, as you could probably guess by now, a, a crazy clown character, and he has these really, really manic high and low points where he'll hit the super hyperactive, you know, wild jumpy clown modes. And then he'll take that energy level way down into a kind of a darker place. And, uh, a lot of the inspiration for that, that lower darker place of Zebo's Funhouse comes from playing as sweet tooth in the twisted metal franchise and being so fascinated with the, the whole crazy clown thing, you know, and, it started making a comeback a few years ago with the, the now I'm, I do not condone this, but people running around and scaring people as clowns don't do that kids. But um, on top of that, you know, you got the rebirth of Pennywise and everything. So clowns are like kind of coming back in style on the, on the horror front. And so I was like, you know what? I forgot how awesome these things were. This is what I'm going to do. And so Zebo kind of, uh, kind of came out of the woodworks just one random stream and then here we are i think i've been doing the character on and off for about seven months now wait so he just came out of nowhere yeah yeah it's like how it all uh, I'll, I'll actually give you the entire backstory of how he came to be and i haven't ever really told anybody the full backstory um i've always wanted to be you know kind of like a character actor i've always had a fascination with horror movies and I've always wanted to be like the the horror movie killer, you know, like I've always wanted to act in horror movies. And then I was turned on to a game called Dead by Daylight. And the first character I ever played was the clown on there. And then I, as soon as I stopped the stream, I got to thinking to myself, I wonder how I can make this more interesting and more engaging for for people that are watching. And so. I decided the next time I was going to play, I was it was it was around Halloween anyway, so I was going to paint my face up and do you know do the whole clown bit and everything. And whenever I hit that go live button with that face paint on, I shut off and went on autopilot. And that's that was how Zebo was born. He was born right there after that go live button was hit. Funny and thing. Then, if, oh, if nobody has seen Zebo, he is a completely different character than Reverend Sven on stream. It is so much fun to see the transformation. Like, I kid you not, if I did not know you and Zebo personally, 
I would honestly think that there were two different people in control of your stream. Yeah, I I'll be honest with you. So after the first after the first Evo's Funhouse, I did a, a second. I, why I wasn't even called Zebo's Funhouse? He didn't even have a name yet. It was just the first time Zebo was on camera. Um, the second one, I decided I was going to use the killer based around the Saw movies, and so I painted up to look like the puppet from the Saw franchise. But for some reason, I just wasn't able to get into it as well. And somebody in chat said, "Well, what about the clown from last time?" And that was the moment I knew he was there to stay. And about two months later was when the name was born. Like, like the name was given, Zebo, and we called it the Fun House. And I got so many messages after people started showing up to these things. People are messaging me, asking me, hey, man, are you okay? I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. What's up? Well, the clown thing, and of course, me being me, I'm just, what clown thing? <laughs> But yeah, it's just it, it it's fun to kind of you know we always get caught up in the hustle and bustle of life that that it it becomes hard sometimes to be able to fully express ourselves and get all that energy out on out of the fear of being judged and you know being put down for being different it, because unfortunately that is a world we live in. But Twitch has provided the platform of one your mods can get rid of anybody that does that kind of stuff, and two there's a market for anybody. And so you get all that pent up kind of like want to put out their creativity and energy and it just whatever that go live button gets hit that switch flips and I basically take a back seat and let just autopilot go. And that's that's why it's a completely different character than than what you see on an everyday for me. It is genius. I. I have tried a couple different streams in character. I, I did Kingdom Hearts 3, the Pirates of the Caribbean level, is Captain Jack Sparrow. I was there for that one. Yes, you were. And I had a blast with it because you're not you. You can finally just let go, entertain. If anyone's judging, they're realistically not judging you. They're judging the character that you're playing while you are trying to entertain. And that's that's why people go to Twitch. People love video games, but they want to relax and be entertained. And right. seriously, Zebo's Funhouse is pure entertainment. Your streams, I, I pop in as often as I can because I really do like the vibe that you've created. You've done an excellent job of kind of separating both streams. And so you've got two different atmospheres. You've got a great group of support that come in and chat no matter who's behind the camera. And so realistically for you to do that, sir, that is amazing. Thank you, man. That means that, honestly, heck I'm shedding a tear over here. That means a lot. It really does. If if y'all haven't checked him out, you really owe it to yourself. If, if you can put up with me on my streams on the podcast, if you want to be entertained, seriously, go check him out. You know, and, and I want to take a second to, to actually, you know, I've been doing this for just over a year now. The The whole streaming thing. My first stream was in June of 2018. And 
all of these tr- staying out of these follow for follows and you know false growth things the reason i avoid all of these these false numbers because people you know they want that instant gratification and i'm no different i mean it's just like if you can get you know 15 20 followers in a matter of a few minutes why wouldn't you but doing stuff like this and hearing somebody that not only do i appreciate their and value their friendship but somebody i look up to on a professional level because i absolutely love your podcast hearing you say things like this honestly it it makes everything worth it it makes all of the hard work the late night networking the bouncing around streams constantly the just spending so much time on my phone and doing all this stuff to just try to get organic growth and meet real people stuff like this makes it all worth it see and you were talking about the instant gratification everybody loves instant gratification i'm no different but to have a real fan base a real group of people that you can depend on not just for them to support you but for you to support them in whatever means you can that is what this is all about it's about not just taking what they're giving but being able to give back and to be honest everybody the rev has the biggest heart like i said he's a huge proponent of mental health awareness uh that's the first charity stream that I honestly had the privilege to join him on. He does so much, and I am so fortunate to have crossed paths with you. I can't remember how it happened. I, I want to say it was through Harambe. That uh, sounds right. Yeah, I remember. I haven't talked to him in a while, but that that would be uh, that would be the one. But I am so glad that. I, I was turned on to your stream, and from the very get-go that I stopped in, I've been a fan. And I will continually be a fan and show support because, A, I know you personally. I know what kind of a person you are. You're, I, I can't say enough glowing remarks about you. But like I said, you entertain me. Your streams are always fun. You catch up in the chat your chat's always popping and you try not to let anything get past you and to me that right there alone is one of the best reasons to pop in and say hi you you want a secret uh an insider secret on how how you keep up with the chat yeah i'd love play to play a game you're horrible at so that way you die a lot and you have nothing else to do but look at chat <laughs> Well, why do you think I'm so good at keeping up in the chat? <laughs> Before I let you go, I, I want to know if you could play one video game for the rest of your life. Like, it's not the whole deserted island question. It's just, if you had one game that you could play forever... A game that makes you happy, a game that you find to be the most entertaining, a, a game that you just haven't beat, but you want to buckle down and do it. What would that game be? Honestly, at this point, this is one of those kind of dynamic questions that will change with time. But at this moment, 
I would honestly say, and this is going to sound weird, but I want, I, I would honestly probably pick Cuphead at this point because I want to be able to beat that game in under an hour. And my record right now is an hour and 15 minutes. And that's the one because I would want, if, if I could get away with playing it over and over until I could get under that hour mark, that's the one I would pick. And you want to know what? Nothing but respect for you because I've watched you play that and I want to play it. But I don't want to rage. Oh, the first time I played that, man, the, there was one boss that took me and uh, Chris from formerly known as Iron Road Gaming. It took me and him two and a half hours to beat the one boss. And now I got the whole game in under an hour and 15. And I I get so close to that hour mark, but I always end up snagging on. And it's a different boss every time. I snag on one boss and I can't get past him for a little bit. And it just just drains my time. I'm like, darn it. But obviously, those are not the words that get used because that game is so raging. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, if anyone knows me and pays attention to my stream, they know that I would use some choice words. <laughs> oh. Well, thank you so much for honestly stopping by and giving us a glimpse into not just a character that you find is underappreciated but a little bit of backstory on you uh backstory on zebo that absolutely fascinates me he's an intriguing character that's for dang sure well and the funny thing about that is he couldn't be interesting or intriguing without you and you are absolutely interesting and intriguing so how can our listeners find you so they can see more of your interesting and intriguing behaviors. Well, I have a few different ones now. Uh, used to, I only had the, the Twitch channel, but now I've, I've upgraded. Um, you can find me at Reverend Spin, just R-E-V-E-R-E-N-D-S-B-E-N on Instagram and on Twitch. Those are my usernames on both of them. Then it's Reverend Spin TTV on Twitter because somebody already took the other one and got their account banned. And then also Reverend Spin on Snapchat. And then uh, actually, if anybody ever wants to reach out on Discord, it's Reverend Spin um, hashtag 1203. And I think that is literally all the things. <laughs> like I've said before, everybody that listens should at least pop in and see what I'm talking about. I would not gush about this guy if I honestly did not like his product. I'm, I'm not, I mean, you're not paying me anything. You just have a product that I enjoy. So I want to share it with as many people as I possibly can. Those words mean more to me than you will ever know. And I'll be 100% honest, it's the same thing with your podcast. I have, I've recommended it to everybody I work with that plays video games, especially the guys around our age that are pre, have that true appreciation for the retro and the old school. And I've had some come back to me and say, hey, man, I really like that. And it's, it, that's what we do all day is sit around and listen to our phones and music gets old after a while. So I've got, I've got some people listening now. <laughs> Well, I appreciate the hell out of that. That seriously means a lot. My numbers dropped for a bit because moving, you know, having to shut everything down. But my numbers have been bouncing back so much. So thank you for helping me grow. 
thank you to everybody listening. I, I really couldn't do this without the support of great people like yourself. Is there anything that we should know about the charity before we leave? Is there going to be a link? Of- um, I will be running it through Tiltify again, um, which for those of you who do not know, uh, Tiltify is such a fantastic um, website to use for charity fundraising, especially as a streamer. Um, it's the same website that the St. Jude's Play Live organization uses every year when they fly everybody out and they have their big summit and uh, and then all the streamers start raising money for St. Jude's. It's the same uh, platform. And so whenever you make a donation through that Tiltify page, it goes straight from you to the charity. I don't see any bid. I don't have to move anything. It just goes straight from you to them. You get your donation receipt. Um, so there's always that peace of mind for the donor that, hey, my money is going straight to a good cause. And the best thing about that is you're donating directly. You're not relying on your streamer to reach their their payout and then have them take that cut uh, from what Twitch pays them and pay it into the charity. Seriously, everything goes straight in. It is the best way to do it. It just peace of mind. You're doing something good and you're not having to worry about if the money actually gets there. Right. In in brief interjection, there was a I mean, some people will remember there was an incident a few years ago before Tiltify kind of made its presence known. And even GoFundMe actually has charity links now. Like they're not integrated into streams as simply, but you can actually make uh, make campaigns through them specifically for the charity in the same way. But there was an incident a few years ago where people were just donating to this guy's PayPal, and he ended up raising um, one of it was like tens of thousands of dollars, and then shut his stream off, cut all of his social media, and took the money and ran. And that is unacceptable. That is a horrible thing to do, and that's why I and, and that damaged the reputation of streamers that are actually trying to raise money for good. That is why Tiltify is such an essential part of this, in my opinion. And that is why I am thrilled to be a part of this, because I can help out without my listeners, my viewers worrying. Your viewers don't have to worry. It's just an amazing thing to do. So once again, thank you for everything. Thank you for for stopping in. And, and having this chat with me, it means more to me than you could possibly know. Everybody, go check him out. Go show him some love and support because we have nothing but the best words to say about him. I, That's just all I've got to say. He's just a great guy, great friend of the program, and he's got my personal endorsement, if that means anything. I think next time we'll have to uh, do this a little, a little bit quicker than seven months later, right? <laughs> uh, you want to? I think we should do a follow up after the charity drive and then discuss it so that the listeners can tell what goes on in the month, and then maybe it, it could inspire other people to get on board, or who knows? I mean, the, the sky's the limit with this one. I'll let you know. I'm actually buying a planner so that way I can remember everything I'm supposed to do from now on because I get so scatterbrained sometimes. 
so that way I can make sure when I say I'm when when I say I'm going to be here, I'll be here. Hey, life happens, buddy. I've got I've got the biggest family I've ever dreamt about. So I know that things come up, but seriously, let's not wait seven months. Right, a hundred percent agree. Well, you have a wonderful night, and we will chat soon. And everybody, thank you so much for listening. And thank you for being a part of this. And keep your eye out for this charitable stream uh, sensation that's going on. Because, like I said, honestly, uh, Reverend Spen, he is he's steering it. And he's got good people behind him. We've got some great friends that are, are going to be a part of this. So let's just share the love and keep the gaming alive with everybody. So for those of you who follow me on Instagram and even the podcast, know that I am a huge fan of Kingdom Hearts. One of my very first characters that I'm going to talk about that is underappreciated is Kyrie. Kingdom Hearts could not be told without her. For those of you who are familiar with the game... There are three main characters in the beginning. You're on Destiny Islands. It's you, your best friend slash rival, Riku, and then Kairi. It's really weird to think that there's some weird love triangle going on. Because this game is focused on kids. They're probably 13, 14, maybe even 15 years of age. And all of them have this bond. They want to progress in life. They want to go places, do things, see the world, explore. But they don't want to do it alone. They want to do it together. They have this incredible bond, this friendship, this rivalry. Riku knows how Sora feels about Kairi knows of the love he can tell by the way he looks at her talks to her and he knows that it's reciprocated but he's kind of jealous in my book like he wants to be the leader he wants to be be Kyrie's main squeeze that's the impression that I get uh, just from playing the game these are kids but they are a super developed character. Well, characters. The thing that makes these guys special is the fact that they band together, that the power that they have comes from their friendship, comes from their hearts. And when everything goes south, uh, Riku kind of steps into darkness while Sora steps up to the plate and goes on a mission to find him. Goes on a mission to rescue him. The thing that makes Kairi special is Sora wouldn't have his power 
wouldn't have his determination if it wasn't for her. The way that I picture it, Kyrie is not so much of an instigator, but like the source. Like, picture it is when a house catches fire and the, you know, the flames extinguished, everybody's going through the house trying to, to figure out where it came from. She's the source and accelerant. She makes Sora a great character because she in herself is a great character. She's what's known as a princess of light. I think don't quote me on that. It's been it's been a long time since I've actually played through the the game and paid attention to it like storyline instead of just going through the motions. The thing that I think makes her so relatable is we all have that one person that kind of brings out the best in us. For me it's honestly peaches. I like to consider myself Sora. And Peaches is the driving force behind my greatness. Just like Kyrie is the driving force behind Sora's. Always giving us hope, inspiration, something to aspire to. And I think that is a big thing when it comes to character growth and development. Sora would be a headstrong individual, kind of like Riku if it wasn't for Kairi. It brings about this gorgeous story, hugely complicated and vast. The visuals in the game are stunning. The, the replayability is there. And it's all because all these characters just intertwine, intertwine, intertwine and they get all tangled up. And you can't have one story without the other two characters. Riku plays a big part later. But so does Kairi. But I think in the first game... She's kind of... Put in there... To start everything off. So you can understand... The depth... And the greatness that awaits. I'm a big fan. And it's... It's a newer game. I know it's not classified as retro. It came out on PS2 originally. But it just has this amazing in-depth story that is woven into many different Disneyland's well, Disney character worlds. Characters from Final Fantasy, characters from Nightmare Before Christmas, Aladdin, Little Mermaid, Winnie the Pooh. And all of these characters get a lot more spotlight. I mean, you've got like Jack Skellington that can join your party. Aladdin that can pop in. The Beast. And then it shows a bunch of the princesses because the princesses get kidnapped by Maleficent. Yet you find out Kyrie's importance. 
and then later in the series kind of talks about how she's a catalyst to me that is just amazing and the fact that these these are children I mean Mario in the original Super Mario World is a man a plumber mustached and you know he's got overalls and a hat he's a hard worker you can tell by the way that he runs and hunches over when he jumps you can tell he's seen things in life he gets all the appreciation because he's a main character Kyrie, she might not be playable she might just be in cutscenes and just thrown into develop the story to push the story along but the story wouldn't be much without her so that's why she's my first pick I, I, I want this to kind of set the stage so that our listeners can think in their head who is the Luigi of each game and I say that because growing up being the older sibling or being the friend that had you know your best friend come over to your house to play player two was typically Luigi growing up and a lot of people didn't appreciate Luigi until you know he got his own game set like Luigi's Mansion and maybe even something like Mario Kart but hopefully this conversation makes you think who are characters that I have underappreciated through my gaming career with that being said we're gonna take a little break come back with another character character that I want to talk about today and, and trust me this episode can go on and on and on throughout the history of video games there's always been characters that we would love to see more of and that are absolutely underappreciated but this goes all the way back to the Nintendo Entertainment System I'm a huge fan of Capcom and I love the games that they produce not only because of the quality of the sprites but also because of the amazing music that they put to their levels Scrooge McDuck is definitely an underrated character it's funny because I'm just thinking between Kingdom Hearts and DuckTales we basically have me talking about two Disney games on this list. Scrooge McDuck. Not only was he a rich, eccentric, adventurous billionaire with a lucky dime, he was also concerned about the safety 
of his nephews, rescuing them from the Beagle Boys and Magicka Dispel. But he was also, I mean, in it to win it. Gyro, Gizmoduck, Launchpad, uh, Mrs. Beagley, I think was her name. It's been a while. He, he was concerned about all of the characters. The game originated on the Nintendo Entertainment System, but it had an HD remix that came out on PS3, Wii, or Wii U. I can't remember, because I'm just getting into the, the Wii and Wii U. But updated graphics, cutscenes that made a little bit more sense instead of just being thrown into a game and then having you expected to know the story behind it. So we say all the time, that was what the video game instruction manuals were for. To fill you in on the backstory that the game didn't have space to talk about. He had a pogo where he jumped on his cane and he could actually crush through rocks. He had a golf swing uh, in DuckTales 2. He could use it to grab onto something and pull it. He's a character that was essential to the 90s, like late 80s, early 90s, because DuckTales was huge. It was a cartoon. The kids like me looked forward to sitting in front of and being captivated by the story. I think he's underrated because of what he goes through. Puzzle-wise, you know, clearing the stages-wise, Transylvania was a hard level. Knowing about the walls that you could walk through and the, the magic mirrors teleporting you from one place to another, having to know the pattern, knowing the map, where you're at, where you're going, it made for an amazing gameplay. And the more that he went through the levels, the more that you figured out how to use him and utilize his abilities properly, the more the spotlight kind of shone on. I think if that doesn't show that he's an underrated character, especially by today's standards, seriously, we have not seen a DuckTales game since the sequel, DuckTales 2. These are games that I played on the original Nintendo Entertainment System, and then games that I relived on the PlayStation 3, and now on the Afternoon Collection through Capcom and Disney, I play them on my PS4. He's a good enough character with abilities intriguing gameplay that you just want to go back to it. Not just to relive your childhood, but to experience it with older eyes. As an older gamer, because I'm coming up on 37, I appreciate things a lot more. Things that might have been lost to me, or lost on me 
as a child, I really appreciate nowadays. I really loved DuckTales back in the day. But as an adult playing it, there's intricacies to that game that we didn't appreciate. It's not quite as hard as Mega Man or Castlevania, but there's still trying moments. There's gamer moments where you've got to make split-second decisions and time your jumps. And if you don't, guess what? You're starting over. And sometimes that's the most frustrating thing about gaming, especially on retro games, is knowing you can do something, but you can't get your character to follow through with how it should be. Timing jumps has always been a chore. Especially if it's something where you have to, say, use your pogo and you're in the Himalayas and you don't hit a chunk of ice or anything solid and then you splat into the, the soft snow. It's frustrating because you know you can do better. But it's also extremely rewarding when you finally look back and say, I accomplished that. I didn't beat the game as a kid, I don't believe. I rented it dang near every weekend when it was a new release. Couldn't afford to, to buy it, although if I would have saved up my money with as much as I rented it, I probably could have afforded it. But my goodness, being able to beat it now as an adult makes everything that I put into it as a youngster 100% worth it. There's something about completing something that you couldn't finish as a kid that gives you a sense of accomplishment. Kind of an unsung glory to yourself. But that's all I will say about Scrooge McDuck and DuckTales. Fantastic game, fantastic soundtrack, Gameplay controls, everything is there. I think we all know how good it is. So, we'll leave it at that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode. We hope that you've enjoyed it, and that it kind of stopped and made you think. What are characters in some of the games that you play nowadays that you didn't fully appreciate until now? We'd love to hear from you. Find us on Instagram. Be part of the conversation. Let us know your favorite characters that aren't main characters. Maybe not even secondary characters. We love interacting with our fans, and we appreciate you guys so much. Find us in Scram, grab Life by the Controller. If you want to take this to Twitch, pop in one of our streams and start talking gaming with us. Find us on Twitch under grab Life by the Controller. We're on Twitter under GLBTC. Sorry, I always have to think about that. My name's so long, it didn't let me use every character. And if 
you would like to, find us on Patreon. We added a new tier. Patreon.com forward slash grab life by the controller. Everything raised in Patreon goes back into the podcast, be it new equipment such as upgraded microphones. We were able to get software and our, our mixer through our Patreons or patrons. I don't know what they're called. We appreciate you guys so much. And if you like the show, please tell a friend. Uh, go to iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. It helps us to get out there so that more people can be introduced to gaming memories. We appreciate everybody so much, and we love the conversations that we are able to have with all you fine folks. So, with that being said, we're going to wrap it up. As I always say, peace. We out.